This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. This week, there was quite a few stories revolving uh, immigration, illegal immigration, the end of uh, Title 42, it's called, which was not allowing for the release of immigrants into this country while they awaited uh, amnesty hearings, I guess. So this is causing uh, a huge surge at the border, which is causing uh, a bunch of different problems that we've been going through my whole adult life, quite frankly. And there's really two fundamental arguments in this whole border debate. And I think that the, the, the news really skews what the core issues are, border security, border sovereignty, national sovereignty. Uh, how about just respect for boundaries in general? Uh, you know, regardless of the justification to trample on on rights, you can't do it. That's why there has to be a constitution. That's why these things are written and agreed to. And in part because it establishes peace. Because without uh, barriers, boundaries, you just have chaos. Right? You, got, you could take down all the traffic lights so that you could have complete freedom to just go wherever you want, whenever you want. But I don't think you're going to appreciate trying to drive in that environment. And so even though the signals can be a real pain, believe me, I know, down here it seems like um, we have highways where we have traffic signals every uh, 500 feet, for God's sake. Nobody cares. Not even that the issue of traffic and, and congestion it doesn't even come up anymore. The lights are a pain. Oh, I gotta sit, I gotta wait. Nobody's even coming. Now I can go. Boy, it would be nice to have complete freedom. Try getting through there on rush hour, you'd have a giant uh, train wreck. And that's exactly what's happening with this immigration mess. It's a failed system, uh, it's been a, a, a a political tool to fund the political parties at the result of a complete disaster for our country without any real public debate on the matter. And I'm hoping to bring you a little bit of information today that hopefully you can I, I, I hope understand the bigger issues. And I'm not going to try and make up your mind on this or anything else. It's not really my my thing. You can decide. But I think it's pretty clear to me what's fair and reasonable. I'm going to share that with you, too. So you'll get my opinion, the argument, the stories. What more can I do? I saw this. It caught my eye. NPR, the uh, government-funded news organization. They don't like that. No likey. I did a podcast on the funding of NPR and, and, and the impact of all that. Maybe it would be time to do another one. I think I will. I should have brought a pen with me. NPR. We're going to do a podcast on that sometime in the future. I'll put that in the lineup. Why do I say all that? I don't trust what NPR says. I'll discuss it when I talk about it on the podcast. 
Maybe if you've been listening, you already know why. I do not trust nationalized uh, public media. They have proven themselves untrustworthy. And so when I see this headline, I immediately assume that they're angling it somehow. And here's the headline, Fear and Confusion, but not Chaos, along the southern border after Title 42 ends. See, everything's okay. This is what NPR wants you to believe. You know, those nutty nationalist, white racist Texans down there overreacting about nothing. New York's going to bust them out to the suburbs. Everybody's going to be happy. It's going to be good. See that? That's what NPR wants you to believe. Meanwhile, the Border Patrol blocks the media from documenting illegal, illegal immigrants. Well, why would they want to be uh, blocking anything? Why not complete transparency if it's so so unchaotic? And then this, this is phenomenal. I've been talking about this. I, I said this years ago. What are the real numbers? What are the real numbers of, of uh, undocumented immigrants, according to this headline? I, I've said this with many issues, and, and, and I can almost always... Um, recommend it, at least for consideration, and that is uh, on these uh, big matters to simply uh, look at what you know from your own firsthand knowledge or what you've heard directly from the source. You know, I said this with uh, certain things going around about COVID. Um, One of them, for example, I was surprised by the answer. There was, uh, I saw stories going around about COVID, uh, mysterious deaths in the military. And uh, I didn't believe it. I I questioned the authenticity because I hadn't heard any stories. And if you know anything, my circle includes quite a few military people. But then I reached out. I reached out to my son who's on active duty. I reached out to some of my, um, my, my veteran friends who also have sons in the military. And sure enough, they said, oh, yeah, it's a big problem. And then I thought, wow, then it becomes believable to me. What do you see with your own eyes? What is the evidence? I say this to people, they still can't see it sometimes. That their eyes can't be open. It's magnificent to me. What do you see in your neighborhood regarding a change in demographics? And it's not racist to notice that the demographics of your neighborhood are changing. You're not supposed to to just be completely blind to these changes being imposed upon you without your consent. It's, uh, I remember um, Pat Buchanan, crazy nut, there's another white nationalist is what they would tell you, threat to democracy, I'm sure. Did you know that there was uh, some Democrat tweeted out that the, the, this Supreme Court is a threat to democracy? Do you understand the, the, the nature of that claim? Those are, those are fighting words. Fighting words. Anyway, what do you see in your own neighborhoods with immigration? If, if you were allowed to open your eyes, whitey, if you, were, if you were allowed to notice how the skin colors changed, what would you see? Just imagine for a second. I'll tell you what I see. Massive change. 
Many aren't working or don't appear to be working. Driving around in $50,000 cars. And I scratch my head and I'm thinking, what is going on here? I, and I say, this is not a, a slow shift. This is an on onslaught. Sure enough, Yale study finds twice as many undocumented immigrants as previous estimates. Amazing. Everyone sees the dire nature of what's going on. Guatemalan president called the White House to warn about a massive movement of migrants to the American border, but nobody would take the call. There's never any cooperation in in Congress on doing anything about this problem. If you look back through history, uh, Republican Congresses, uh, Democrat Congresses, um, tried to get immigration reform, can't get the vote done. Could not get the vote. Recently, Dan Crenshaw, no vote on House Republican border security bill. I honestly don't know what's in the bill. Uh, his no vote, I think he was saying, was it wasn't strong enough. That, that's a really poor excuse. And from a, a leading Republican, why couldn't he get in there and have, have some influence to make it uh, stronger then? Get in there and negotiate it. I'm not so sure about Dan Crenshaw anymore. I'm not sure what happened there. Then there was this story, and I've spoken many times about the human tragedy occurring to the immigrants, whether they're allowed to come in here or not. Usually come in, they come across the border with nothing, literally nothing, and you just say, okay, we'll drop you off at a bus stop somewhere. And you've got family, you've got children. This is not proper or humane. Certainly not in, in, a, in a modern society. Now this story. Teenage migrant boy, Honduran, dies in custody in Florida. Apparently he had uh, some pre-existing health conditions. Politically speaking, I'm not sure why that matters. If this had happened uh, on Trump's watch, uh, uh, Casio uh, brain cortex would have been down there uh, doing somersaults while she was crying, for God's sake. How could he do this? How could Biden do this? How could he allow him to die, to die, to die? You never see that coming from the conservative side. Because conservatives don't act like that. It doesn't doesn't fit the conservative mold to behave like that. To go take fake photos in front of a a fake fence out in a parking lot uh, to pretend that you're crying about immigrants. When there's worse things going on now, you don't hear a peep. Don't hear a peep. But that's all just playing into the, the, the politics again. What, are the, what is the real problem and what is the real solution? I'm going to give you some of that along with my reasoning for it. There's two arguments in, in the border debate, generally speaking. One is sovereignty, and, and that is simply what is a country without borders? And I feel strongly about this argument. How do you have a sovereign country without borders? Tell me how it is that, 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 see, we don't read these words of wisdom anymore uh, to our children. It's been generations gone. But I remember reading stories in school about why fences were important, the story of two farmers or something like that. The fence kept the peace. That's what makes a good neighbor. 
They didn't just allow his livestock to come trample and, and, and crap all over your place and then just leave. Imagine that. That, that that's what a, what, a, what a good neighbor does. So how's Mexico being a good neighbor? Well, because there are some that are encouraging this, that they want this immigration. I've spoken about this many times. And the argument is that it would reduce world poverty and that somehow poor people around the world are owed Whatever, um, you know, they want to do to come to America, they can just openly come in here, do as they wish, come and go, and do whatever they want in the name of reducing world poverty. And that somehow that's the only way to solve it. Come on. Do you really believe that? That there's this study that open borders would increase the gross world product? 60, 70, 100, maybe 150%? Is that good? Would that be best for the world, for society as a whole? And, And why do we have to give up our national sovereignty to allow that to happen? Who gave up their national sovereignty so that the wealth could be created here? That wasn't the case at all. So I feel strongly about the sovereignty argument. The argument for the open borders in terms of reducing poverty, uh, to me, uh, even if you're going to uh, acknowledge that, okay, as I said earlier, I don't believe that that argument allows you to just uh, trample on the rights of the citizenry here. But you know that some of the strong-minded... Uh, idealists on both sides of the political spectrum feel differently about imposing their strongly held beliefs on other people. And it's fascinating, really, that the open border crowd is winning. And why is that, by the way? Why is the open? Because I don't believe that it's popular either. If, If it was popular, it would be discussed more openly. And you don't hear that. You don't hear this talk of, Constant, uh, you know, path to ending world poverty, opening up the borders, never spoken at all. You may never even have known that until I just shared it with you. Why is that? Well, you know, I'm a skeptical, cynical, conspiracy theorist, some people would say. I'm not. I'm really not. But I would say to you that the evidence is clear. You don't have to take my word for it. But in reality, that this ending of world poverty, as altruistic as that might sound, isn't it just, we're going to end world poverty? No, you won't. No, you won't. It won't be lucky if it even makes a dent. You know what it'll do? It'll create more debt. And in fact, when you talk about the gross world product doubling, tripling, one and a half times, whatever the prediction is here, That's really what they're talking about is that much of an increase in debt. And I'd say to you that the real agenda and the reason it's not discussed publicly is it's what's frantically necessary to prop up uh, currencies, mainly the dollar and probably the euro as well, 
Why else this flood? It, you know, capitalism, some of the capitalists agree with it. Labor needs. There's absolutely been lobbies by different industries over the years. Uh, farming, food processing, computers, data, outsourcing overseas with it, with many things. Why? Because the labor is not here. It's not economical. So we're going to open up the borders even further. There, hasn't there been enough destruction in this country from the, the globalization? People want less of it. But yet secretly, not discussed openly, so that means that it's done secretly. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theorist to say that. It's done secretly. If it's not done openly, then it's done secretly. Why? I believe it's because they're frantically trying to prop up the currency and probably failing. And thank God, probably. And not that that's going to help the immigration problem, probably make it worse, perhaps. How can a country be sovereign without a border? I mean, these physical boundaries, absolutely important that a nation can be a nation at all. I've said this too, you're effectively creating one world government. They don't care, just got to prop up, prop up their wealth. And these policies are also important for regulating the flow. And this is, uh, um, I don't want to compare people to animals, but you, you can't just give people free reign. And understanding, even if they're in difficult circumstances, I want to talk about a path to deal with that because I'm a humane person too, by the way, believe it or not. Even though I may be a cynical, hard-nosed prick at times, I do have a heart, believe it or not. And I do, and there's a human tragedy. I'm going to give you a path to dealing with that. A simple, practical path. And ways to fund it, by the way. And countries, absolutely, whether you have these idealistic people that want to end world poverty, whatever the nonsense is that you want to believe or you want to go along with, it doesn't take away the fact that countries do have the right to enforce immigration laws and control who enters their borders. And we're supposed to be having representation that represents our interests in this matter. And I think they think that they are because they're thinking, if we don't do this, you're not going to have any Social Security. There's going to be nobody working and paying into the system. That's at least what they want you to believe. In reality, it's all a cover for the money that's been, been squandered and continues to be. But countries have these rights. And failure to maintain security results in illegal immigration And this creates all kinds of different problems, encourages very strange behaviors and and consequences that come with it. Um, And and on the other hand, you know, not having a plan to deal with it where you just say you're going to lock down the border, that has a different set of problems. Human rights abuses, uh, discriminations, vulnerable people that have no path out, and that's not good either. And I don't think that's humane. So, um, and this country was built on immigration. I am absolutely in favor, by the way, I should add to this argument, in favor of legal immigration. I'm absolutely in favor of simplifying the process. I've said over and over again, you shouldn't need a lawyer to immigrate to this country. Um, And I'm absolutely in favor of, of increasing the quotas. Why not? I'm absolutely in favor of uh, 
um, uh, perhaps certain incentives where uh, people come here and they've made contributions and uh, perhaps they're given something in exchange, including even a hand up. But, but why is it that if you're going to say, hey, uh, you're going to come here, say, from uh, uh, Bangla- Bangladesh, a lot of Bangladeshis come here, um, being persecuted there, they say, okay, you're going to come here. Maybe they don't speak the language. It's very difficult to come here in this environment to do this. And what do you do? Well, listen, you've got to have some kind of exchange. You know, I've said this before. I don't think guaranteed welfare, you know, guaranteed work, perhaps. Perhaps. You go, I'm going to do something for it. At least show up for God's sake. It would solve a lot of problems. It really would. That you wouldn't have these populations left to roam free and provide for their sustenance. There's no encouragement to do a whole lot. It's not good. But let me ask you, do you hear any of this being discussed in any of these? No, you don't hear any of it. Either you're open borders or you're racist. That's what the media would have you believe. And and, uh, as a modern society, don't we really want to be in a position to help? What's what's going on? What's really going on at the border, all these people? And what's being done to protect our interests in this? Don't tell me that's not a consideration. And why don't we know what's causing this crisis, which is really severe? Children coming without parents. One that just died. Does nobody care? That's really pathetic because it's Honduran, some Honduran teenager, nobody cares. You know, when I talk about the biblical nature of what's going on and I look at this Honduran child dying, now we don't know the circumstances. Like I said, um, I believe I read that there was a pre-existing health condition and perhaps him being there uh, was even uh, you know helpful to getting him care and perhaps the reason he was sent even who knows? They said that the uh, Homeland Security was in touch with the family. So just think about that a second, that these people are so dire for help with their child that they ship them off to an immigration detention center in the United States hoping that they can help the child dies. And here we're taking that burden, the cost of that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't help. I'm going to get to that. Um, But right now, you look at the lack of even a proper discussion, let alone plan, and enormous resources being wasted, both in terms of the immigrant population and the impact that's happening. And it's all over the country. Uh, Hospitals, school districts, public services being overrun by illegal immigration. That's a fact. Not good for the citizens here. Like my mother used to say, you don't help the poor by becoming one of them. And we need to work together on a solution to stop this with the uh, racism attacks. And let's talk about the real facts and come to some real solutions that are favorable to everybody. And that solution has to start with responsible, controlled immigration, with proper screening, And we have every right to do that. Any discussion that doesn't include that is a a non-starter. And the radicals who keep pushing this, it's open borders or nothing, 
need to be disregarded. That's a true threat to our democracy, and that's a fact. An, an imminent threat going on right now. And so what do we do to help people in need? Well, number one, we build the fence. We build the fence, and Mexico should help pay for it. They really should. I don't think we should wait for them. I think we need to cooperate with them and establish some proper boundaries with a clearly uh, defined, um, what should I say, um, edict, uh, statement, that we want our border to be controlled. And we expect them to be good neighbors and help with that. So, what do we then do? Well, Mexico doesn't have the resources that the United States does. And I certainly think that it would be in our national interest and in the, in the effort, uh, efforts of, of being humane to supply Mexico with refugee camps and perhaps even uh, some loans, uh, funding, and resources to allow them to redevelop areas to resettle these immigrants there. Wouldn't that be a fascinating idea? And there you'd have it. We could export the bulldozers and the equipment to build the roads and the buildings. And they would come from American companies along with the the building products. And we would ship them down there for them to use the immigrant labor to build their own communities that they could have control over instead of overrunning ours. God willing, wouldn't that be stinking amazing? Maybe I should be president of the United States. God willing, it'll never happen. Hey, God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.